0: Thank you all for tuning into the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Rein, Global Director of Public Relations at Zebra Technologies, and I'm thrilled to have Zebra's Chief Financial Officer, Nathan Winters, with us today. Nathan was with GE for 17 years before joining Zebra Nation in 2018, and he's no stranger to economic instability. He's here to take irritated- a today to talk with us a bit about what it was like to help Vibra navigate the COVID-19 pandemic from a financial perspective and the impact that certain business decisions can have on operational stability regardless of revenue or cash reserve levels. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Nathan.
1: Thanks, Therese. Great to be here.
0: You bet. Like every company, Nathan, Zebra was confronted with a number of operational challenges when the pandemic first started last year. Yet we were able to rebound quite quickly, as evidenced in the strong Q4 earnings that were just reported in February. What do you think contributed most to Zebra's swift recovery?
1: Yeah, so there were several dynamics that contributed to the strong rebound in Q4. You know, First, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, we really focused on taking cost actions that would do no harm to the long-term growth of the company. And that included things like you know, just really controlling our discretionary costs, such as travel. And the goal was to maintain our investment in the business, uh, particularly in R&D, uh, so we could grow faster than our competition uh, coming out of the pandemic. And, and to highlight this, we introduced a record number of new products in 2020, and were able to support the surge in demand we experienced um, in the final months of the year. And, and that brings me to the second factor and, and that is what drove the demand in our products and solutions. And that's our, our customers need to digitize, um, automate their operations. And that need only accelerated during the pandemic. And, and our products are, are mission critical for them to compete in the on-demand economy. So it was this combination of the right solution for the market and the organization's ability to respond that drove the strong Q4 results.
0: Mm-hmm, hmm Prior to assuming the CFO role, you led a team at Zebra focused on increasing our margin and profitability. I understand you also overhauled our planning process to improve predictability and visibility. While we didn't know COVID-19 was coming, I would imagine some of your efforts ultimately proved critical in our ability to navigate the environment very well. What type of contingency planning was involved in your earlier efforts and were they as effective as you would have hoped they would be?
1: If you go back to the the first part of that question, all of our efforts over the past several years, really by the entire team to improve profitability, uh, diversify our supply chain, uh, improve our working capital efficiency, uh, paying down debt, all that contributed to our ability to navigate the crisis. Uh, And and it really gave us financial flexibility to maintain profitability, generate strong free cash flow uh, during the peak of the pandemic. Also at the start of the pandemic, we simulated over 40 scenarios and had multiple meetings a week with the leadership team to gain alignment on the likely impact to the business, um, as well as the necessary actions we had to take to protect the company for each of those scenarios. You know, and there's there's one constant when planning, particularly in a volatile environment, and that's it. You're always most likely going to be wrong. Uh, so you have to stay agile and ready to pivot, uh, which we did. And, and fortunately, the latter part of the year was, which much, was much better than what we had anticipated or modeled. Um, and we were able to respond to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds like flexibility was definitely key there. What role do you think our technology will play in the broader economic recovery?
1: Yeah, you know, our technology, I'd say more importantly, our solutions uh, will continue to play a real pivotal role in the recovery of our entire customer base. Uh, Gardner did a study that found uh, during the pandemic, e-commerce adoption expanded as much in a few months as it did in the prior 10 years. And and that really brings an incredible opportunity and challenge for our customer base. And, you know, we're in great position to to work with our partners to develop the right solutions to help them meet this challenge.
0: Right. With budgets tight and economic uncertainty still looming, Some companies may be hesitant to spend a lot on technology right now. However, others claim that it's risky not to invest in technology, given the imbalance in supply and demand, continued labor shortages, and the need to increase operational capacity, whether in a retail, manufacturing, warehousing, healthcare, or transportation environment. What are your thoughts on that? Do companies have a responsibility to make strategic investments at this point in time?
1: You know, every company's situation is going to be a bit different. So it's hard to say all companies have a responsibility to invest right now. Uh, you know, with that said, I do believe that if you're, if you're not allocating a percentage of your capital on strategic investments, you're ultimately going to fall behind your existing or new and emerging competition. And if you look, one of the reasons for Zebra's success for so many years is that the companies continue to invest and transform itself to meet the needs of the market. And we allocate a significant portion of our R&D to future technologies. We also invest in our own operational com- capabilities uh, as well. So it's that, it's that combination you have to do and continue to do to stay ahead of the competition and where the market's going.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. And Zebra's done an exceptional job at diversifying our portfolio over the decades as well. And I know many will say that has enabled us to better absorb the impact of economic downturns. Do you think that diversification is a smart strategy for all businesses? And if so, what's the best way for companies to execute such a strategy when spend capacity is limited?
1: Yes, I I believe, I absolutely believe that diversification is a smart strategy for all businesses. You know, there's many forms of diversification that could be geographic. So expanding into new markets that you don't participate in. product diversification. So what are the products you're going to market? And do you have a diverse set of products? And it could also be industry uh, diversification. And the example of Zebra that's expanding into markets such as healthcare or government versus retail. I think the the key though is to have a a clear vision and strategy for the company. And then you build a plan to diversify within the context of that strategy. So you don't want to just diversify for diversification sake. And you know, like any decision, when resources or capacity is limited, you you have to prioritize and make trade-offs between diversification or continuing to invest in that core business. And and those are trade-offs you have to make as a leadership team.
0: Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Nathan, I'd like to pivot a bit and talk about the impact of employee diversity on a company's success. I know that you're a champion of inclusion and diversity and have become deeply invested in Zebra's values how much does a company's culture influence financial performance based on your personal experience?
1: Yes, There's no doubt a a company's culture has a significant impact on the financial performance over time. To start, a company, I'd say, is only as good as the team and the talent in the organization. So the values and culture of the company, that's really what allows you to attract, develop, and retain a great team. And, And part of having a great team is one that is inclusive by being respectful and, and treating people the right way and has a diverse set of backgrounds and experiences. I'd also say the culture is what brings everyone together to work you know, for the common good of the company. It's got to be more than words on a page. It's how you actually operate. Um, and you know, here at Zebra, we talk a lot about one zebra, but I'd say it's how we operate both internally and externally. And, and that's a big deal because that doesn't exist in every company.
0: Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. I know that you play an active role in Zebra's inclusion and diversity, or as we call it, IND efforts. What role do you think the CFO should play in the definition and fostering of a company's culture?
1: The the CFO, just like any member of the leadership team, uh, plays a key role in defining the culture of the company. But more importantly, the the culture reflects your behaviors and actions as a leader, uh, which is why it's so important to have the right leaders really throughout the organization. Um, Specific to a CFO, things like how you set the company financial goals, uh, the operating budgets, the incentive compensation plans, all can have a direct impact on the culture of the company. Uh, For example, everyone at Zebra is on the same exact annual incentive plan. So it doesn't matter if your region business department did well or not, we are only rewarded if the company performs, which fosters that culture that everyone works together for the good of the company and really reinforces um, the culture. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. What types of investments do you think companies should be making to support the next generation of doers, makers, and leaders?
1: I think companies play a key role in in giving back to their local communities in a variety of ways. Uh, At Zebra, we support organizations with the mission of supporting education, Um, and Bernie's Book Bank is a great example of this one. Uh, One I'm particularly fond of is is Junior Achievement. Uh, I volunteered with Junior Achievement since joining Zebra a few years ago. And now I'm on the board of the Chicago office Um, and junior achievement really gives our team the opportunity to inspire kids to achieve a more fulfilling career um, and life by providing our own professional insights and experiences in a classroom setting. You also have the fun of, you know, being in the classroom with third fourth graders and and seeing what questions they may ask you throughout the day so it's it's a lot of fun both. you know, giving back to a great cause, um, building the team, and, and having some fun with the, the kids in the classroom.
0: I bet. I bet you've built great memories there, and the kids share those memories with you. That's amazing. There's a lot of concern right now that children are fall, falling behind in math due to the pandemic, and I'm wondering, you know, obviously math is a big component of finance. Do you think such setbacks will preclude many students from pursuing careers in finance?
1: You know, I'm not I'm not sure it'll um, preclude from pursuing careers in finance. So I say whether you're good at math or not growing up, I'd say there's very few children who say I want to grow up to be you know, an accountant or a finance major. I think you know, now as you get into high school or college, I think that typically becomes I want to get into business. Um, then you narrow on the path that makes sense for you, whether that's finance, accounting, economics, engineering, you know, et cetera. all of which require a certain level of proficiency in math um, and an area that they'll need to develop. And going back to that impact companies can have on children, I'd say it's why the outreach, the inspiration is so important so that young people are motivated to learn the skills that are necessary to be successful regardless of the career they want to move into.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Was there a particular person, program, or opportunity that was most influential to your career path?
1: I've had the privilege of working for many great leaders uh, that have influenced both my leadership style as well as challenged me to grow really at every stage of my career. If I look back at my time at GE, the six years or nearly six years I spent within the corporate audit staff um, by far had the most influence on my career. This was the internal audit function within the company, made up of 400 plus talented, motivated individuals, I joined uh, the group with two years of experience out of of school, and and in that six years, I was able to live and work in multiple countries, uh, experience a variety of industries from aviation to healthcare to financial services. Uh, I worked on financial audits, uh, compliance investigations, acquisition integrations. I, I led my first team, which was about eight people, which was eight people in five cities all across the country. Uh, I had the exposure to the most senior leaders of General Electric. And I really built an incredible network of peers and mentors I, I leveraged to this day. So that experience not only accelerated my career, um, but had a huge impact on my personal growth as well.
0: You have an amazing background, Nathan. I'm curious, was finance always your first choice? Or did you ever want to do something
1: else? You know, back back to the earlier question. You know, I didn't know I wanted to go into finance. Um, You know, I'd say as as I got a little bit older, I I knew I wanted to go into business. Um, So you know, I've always to this day considered myself a business person who happens to be good at math. And uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of the background on on how I got here today.
0: Gotcha. And I'm not so good at math, so that's why I'm in PR. So (laughs) we need diversity, right?
1: (laughs) That's right.
0: Um, Clearly, the past year has been quite intense for all of us. How do you distress?
1: Yeah, so I first I distress by I'd say exercising four to five days a week, even if it's for a quick workout, um, either cycling or going for a run when the weather allows. Um, over the past few months, though, I've, I've found that working on puzzles at home has also helped with stress. Uh, it's an easy way uh, to step away from my computer for five to 10 minutes for a mental break. Um, so that's something that I've started to do over the last couple months. Uh, We also have a four-year-old daughter who um, obviously keeps us busy and she's always a fun way to distract myself from work. And I think like a lot of people, uh, my wife and I are looking forward to the day when we can get back to traveling and and doing what we enjoy, um, getting out and seeing the world.
0: Absolutely. Finally, Nathan, what are your personal goals for 2021?
1: Yeah, so I, I spend quite a bit of time and always have reading business publications, news publications, and so forth. Uh, One of the goals for me this year is to read more books um, from military history, which I typically read, but also biographies and business-related books. I've made a commitment to my team to write a brief summary and and send it out um, to them periodically throughout the year to to hold myself accountable. Um, And I'm also spending more time with my alma mater, the University of Kentucky. So I recently joined their accounting advisory board for the business school. And I'm speaking at my first MBA course here over the next uh, month.
0: Absolutely amazing. That's great that you're giving back to your school and, and to your communities as well. I wish you all the best of luck with those and want to thank you once again for taking the time to speak with us today, Nathan. We appreciate that everything you're doing to ensure Zebra is making smart business decisions so that we can continue to fully support customers and partners in these challenging times. Thank you, Nathan. Thanks, Teresa. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you've missed our past conversations with the Zebra leaders, I encourage you to check out the Your Edge blog where all of our past podcasts are archived. You can also subscribe to bi-weekly alerts to new content so that you never miss a discussion again. I'm Therese Van Ryan, signing off until next time.